0: Welcome to the Be Crash Upon Podcast. It is a Monday, December twentieth edition of the show. Jake, we are five days away from Christmas. Five days away. Let me ask you this. Let me let me put you completely on the spot here. Have you been naughty or nice? I mean, let me just throw that back at you. Do you think I've been naughty or do you
1: think I've been nice? I feel kind of feels kind of weird saying that to you.
0: I think I can make a case either way, to be honest with you. I think you have you've had your naughty moments and you've had your nice moments. Um we'll see what we'll see what the man with the beard uh decides though. Come you, come come Christmas night.
1: Could you say that I'm very nice and very evil?
0: Uh no. Nah, I think I think you skew nice. Yeah. Sorry, that, that was a wrestling
1: reference for a deep oh, wrestling reference I didn't even, reference for a lot of why people. Why would
0: you why would you try that on me? why would you try that no i
1: knew you wouldn't get it. that was simply just for hey yo d flow
0: okay okay fair enough um i mean that's that's worth it that's worth it yeah Uh, exactly i do want to give a quick shout out because i want to i'm just before we get to anything important anything uh, okay meaningful i want to give a quick shout out to rex hazar who i think (laughs) is, is will in our discord who left us a review a five-star Apple podcast review. Instead of way, doing it at the end, we're just doing it at the front. I'm just getting it out of there right now right. because it's just so worth it. By the way, if you enjoy the show, go leave us a review on Apple podcast, but he left us a five-star rating with the title, the, my favorite title of a review in, in the history of the show, maybe. Maybe with all due respect to the, to the previous reviews. Burritos are a hand food. Thank you oh my god thank you so much for this wait wait
1: before you read it can i just say i love that if someone's like trying to discover ducks podcasts that they're gonna go to our show they're gonna look at the reviews and just see this as this
0: this (laughs) as the subject yeah they're gonna make wait is this a ducks like is this about like cooking ducks like is this about food like what like what where's the hockey in all this um but anyway so to the meat of this review, though, as you try to filibuster it, um, what's next, Jake? Eating a burger with a fork and knife? Good podcast, great analysis, entertaining hosts. Join the Discord; it's a lot of fun. I agree, Jake. What is next? Are you gonna do? You, are you gonna tell us that you eat your burger with a fork I've, and knife?
1: I've done it before. No. Yeah, if you get if no. you get a really greasy burger that's too soggy I, on the bun, do
0: I do I? Do I just leave this this pod right now? Have you wait? Have you never gotten like a burger? Do I just call it a night right now?
1: Have you never gotten a burger that's so like greasy that you're just like, screw it. I'm going to eat it with a fork and knife.
0: No, because I am willing. I'm the captain that goes down with the ship. I mean, most
1: of the time I don't. But every once in a while, once in a blue moon,
0: I'm grabbing that thing and just sink or swim we're getting through it
1: actually no it's not grease it's usually the fact that the burger is like actually a really high quality burger and there's well, a lot of juices that come well, out
0: Usually, of it. it's because they haven't let the beef rest long enough so there's just like beef juice flowing out there we anyway, go Th- that that's what people want to hear i made i made burgers over the weekend so i have uh i have knowledge about this <laughs> my burgers did not explode in, into juice on first bite anyway so thank you so much for that review um honestly it means the world any chance we can take to to dunk on Jake's food takes is nope. is welcome. To be honest with you, um, okay, let's get to the news of the week. Let's just get this one out of the way really quickly. Uh, the Ducks are in a little bit of a break. Um, yeah, let's, let's just put it that way. Their next two, they're sorry, their next three games against Oilers, Flames, and Canucks have all been postponed. The NHL is going to be on pause this week for a few days. Uh getting heavy March 2020 vibes right now from the NHL uh, but it's it's all well and good for the Ducks at least. They have only had one positive COVID case this season. That was Jakob Solarberg weeks ago now. Somehow have managed to not have any positives and they have played teams that have had outbreaks as recently as Friday. So knock on every piece of wood that's around you there. I guess just your thoughts really quickly here on, on this situation that's uh, consuming all of our lives. Um,
1: yeah, I, I think overall, obviously, it, it's scary. And I think you first and foremost go back to kind of March 2020 and, and everything that happened there. And I think as maybe a little bit of a glimmer of hope for everyone out there is that as of kind of now, I, I think the benefit now is that we know how to deal with this. And if it comes down to that, the league has already successfully been able to navigate this all of last year without ne- without getting, uh, without with teams not necessarily being ravaged by COVID. I mean, the Ducks... What one player? Jacob Silverberg is the only Ducks player to ever get COVID. It's actually
0: test right? positive because they've had false positives. Yeah, like that. that's yeah. that's right. That's right. Larson, um, Henrik. Yeah,
1: that's right. I forgot about that. But so so there have been ways to do it. The question is just how far do the mitigation methods need to go once we know more about uh Omicron and everything that comes with it. And so I, I think that the shutdown is a good idea. I, I think just being able to to let everyone get home, let everyone enjoy the holidays because the thing. The, the first thing to really come out of this week before ever, the league shutting everyone down was that they were shutting down all cross-border travel. And that's what came out, what was it, Sunday, I, I believe. And the Ducks were set to play in Calgary tonight, or not Calgary, Edmonton tonight. They were supposed to play in Calgary tomorrow, but Calgary had all their games canceled because yes, of COVID.
0: Edmonton tonight, Calgary, yeah.
1: Calgary tomorrow, but that was canceled before the cross-border travel. And then uh, Vancouver on Thursday... And so due to the fact of, I mean, you and I actually, I think in the watch along on Friday, discussed this briefly about what do they do when someone gets COVID in in Canada? I know that if you're in the States, it's hard to go back to Canada because of their quarantine rules. And, And so I think from the perspective of these are human beings, and I know that you and I sometimes talk about it very coldly and talk about the league and assess players as assets in some ways, these are human beings. And I think it's important to, to mention that and that, these guys being stuck in quarantine or stuck quarantining in a different country, potentially for two weeks and missing uh, Christmas with their family. That's a really tough situation for the league to have. So I think with it running rampant throughout the league, with it being a smart idea to shut down just in the first place to let every team kind of get their their ducks in order and get their protocols in place um, and allowing Team, essentially allowing players to have the ability to spend time with their family as compared to potentially being stuck in a hotel for two weeks if they were to catch it as it's spreading. So I think this was honestly a no brainer um, for the league. And I think it's one where they can come back with enhanced protocol to stop it from spreading. And I mean, the real question now is what happens to the schedule? And, and I think that's the biggest question of Canada and the border is a big question mark. And, and so what happens there? And so these are all a lot of what ifs I've listened to a lot of hockey podcasts today uh, from that, that are way more in the know than us, which is where kind of this, this conversation is coming from for me. And so there, there's a lot of question marks out there and what happens with the divisions, what happens with the Canadian teams and do we just have an imbalanced schedule? So there's a lot of questions right now. I think as of right now, as a hockey fan, I'm happy that they're taking a little bit of a break and allowing these teams to, to get things in order and figure it out
0: yeah i mean i'll i'll give my two cents on this and we can like i i will first and foremost say this we all want to be done with covid19 like we all want to put this behind us we all want to go back right to, to life pre-pandemic um however we can't force it either right we can't just turn a blind eye to what's going on and you know, you hear Steve Iserman say that asymptomatic players should play or, you know, something, some degree of some version of that and the NFL is doing that. Um, I think people aren't understanding that the more, like if you have asymptomatic players playing, they can transmit and you're going to end up getting more symptomatic players that way, right? Um, so we all want this to be over. I, I sympathize with that. But at the end of the day, got to mitigate, right? Go back well, to Go back to what worked last season. Like we have <laughs> some tried and true methods, right? Wear masks in the locker room, wear masks at team facilities during workouts, you know, ventilate. There's so many different things you can do to clamp down on this, because if you look at the protocols that were in place this season up to this point, like calling them protocols is almost charitable because they weren't really doing much of anything to mitigate, because the assumption was pre, pre-Omicron pre that you maybe didn't need to do as much when guys were vaccinated. Clearly, the goalposts have shifted the science has has gotten further along, and we now know that it's not enough what they were doing. So come back after this break with ironclad mitigation measures, and I think that they can get through the season. It's just how far are they willing to go because the NFL has decided we're just going to let it rip. We're going to let asymptomatic players have loosened protocols. We're going to have testing be a lot more laissez-faire and i think that that's going to come back to bite them severe and
1: i think the stark difference though also between the nfl and nhl in this situation is the nfl first off is nearing the end of their season yeah so they're, they're almost at the finish line and then you add in the fact that travel travel isn't as intensive coordinate. yeah it's one travel team. travel isn't as intensive and at the end of the day it's an it's outside yeah. which is helpful. The 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 factors working against the NHL is the fact that it's inside in a poorly ventilated space, the fact that it's constant travel, the fact that there's all these things working against it. So I, I think you're right. I, and this is uh, – I think this will probably be the last we talk about COVID on this pod, probably not knowing how things are. <laughs> but I, I think that the the good news here I think is that there is a way for the league to continue – it's just how far do the me- measures have to go in terms of rescheduling and restructuring the league? And that's yeah. my biggest question because the 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 protocols, we know what they are. They The league knows what they can do to keep this in check. And so at the end of the day, they can always go back to that. It's just how far do they yeah, have the, to go with NHL
0: it? the NHL got through an entire season with no vaccines. And look, it wasn't perfect. I mean, ask the Vancouver Canucks about that. It wasn't perfect at all. And now... The, the disease itself has gotten you know but exponentially more contagious but there is a way to do this to mitigate and that way is not to just kind of close your eyes and just hope for the best i think that there's steps that they can take and i will say that good on the ducks to have made it this far with only one positive i really i really hope that it stays that way i you know, Dallas Akins spoke about how they've done what they can, how they've tried to be smart. And and even though I, I'm sure he's right, I think that there's also a component of that just being luck, right? I mean, at yeah. the end of the day. Um, but he, this is something he's talked about throughout the entire pandemic, so maybe there is something to that. Maybe they are and, taking it more seriously. Maybe a little less reckless on the road, right? Not going out quite as much. I mean, those are all things that matter at the end well, of the day. Well,
1: and for I, – I think one of the positive things that Dallas Akins does – is his ability to get messages across
0: right yeah I, I like that, like
1: from yeah. the from a coaching perspective on ice or the way that he talks and everything like that and leadership in that way and i think he in some ways the the preaching that he always does in media conferences about discipline i i think that applies to these situations and i think he probably does a good job of getting the message across to his players that they have to be disciplined in these situations off the ice
0: yeah and i and i fully believe that because if you I mean, again, it could just be dumb luck that the Ducks have been so unscathed throughout the two COVID seasons now, but maybe there is something to that. Maybe the guys aren't being as reckless on the road because I saw a comment from Eric Carlson today that there's basically, like he's said, a version of there's nothing you can do. We're all going to get it at some point. Um, You can do everything right and it doesn't matter. And yeah, that could be true that you could still get unlucky, but we're we're a stats heavy show. You can put the percentages on your side if you try. Right. Yeah. Um, And I think that there may just be teams that have not really given that much of a shot. So, So,
1: real quick, I let's just end with this. There was a. I'm I'm curious if you heard this, but Jeff Merrick actually, on his podcast last week, brought up a very interesting and I think salient point about all of this in in terms of the vaccination or not vaccinated, but in terms of uh, testing and testing asymptomatic players, everything like that. And it was something that he said he spoke with a doctor about and they kind of brought up this point or I forgot exactly who he said he was speaking to. But they brought up the point of if you went to a party and there was a bowl of M&M's and you knew one of them was poisoned and would make you sick. Would you go through that and and still eat from that bowl of M&M's knowing that one of those M&M's that you would eat could potentially make you sick and very ill? And the answer is no. I think uh, unequivocally for everyone, no. And so why take that risk? Why go through that? And that's essentially what you're dealing with in this situation is you're, you're going into this kind of open bowl that, uh, there could be someone there that's asymptomatic
0: and they don't know it. Right. Exactly. And, and that's the thing is that we don't want guys to be infected because here's the, here's the, the reality. Even if you're asymptomatic, you can still develop long term. You can still have long-term effects from asymptomatic mm-hmm. COVID. Um, and it's just probabilities, right? Even if you have a X percent chance, right, of being fine each time, or let's say you have, an, you have a slightly lower chance of catching mm-hmm. it each time, but you have multiple exposures one after the other, you're rolling the dice every single time, right? Mm-hmm. And at a certain point, you're going to come up with the wrong number. So yep. I'm really hopeful that the NHL is going to kind of bear down here. And, and I think that will... They'll find a way. I mean, it, it hasn't been pretty, their decision-making mm-hmm. so far. Uh, it, They basically got forced into taking a break because I don't think this is what they wanted. So we'll see. Anyway. Yep. All right. So that was 14 minutes of COVID talk. No. So we've, we've been doing the pot. Well, we've been recording for 15 minutes. So there's no way we've been doing all 15 about just that.
1: Yeah, fair. Okay.
0: All right. Moving on or anything else? Uh, Yeah. No, I, I, I think here's what I'm very curious about now is that, so we are, did we already talk about the Olympics?
1: Oh yeah. They're basically being canceled.
0: Yeah. What I'm very curious about now is the NHL is going to use that Olympic break to play the postponed games. You know, we saw it in 2019, 20, what the NHL did in terms of like draft order, playoff system, right? There was a lot of adjustment that happened and we're not close to there yet. You know, a season being canceled, but, do you foresee anything like that down the road, or no. they, or are they going to get through all 82?
1: I think they're going to get through all 82.
0: Okay, okay. I I,
1: I, I I'm pretty confident that they're going to get through all 82. I think they're going to find a way to make it happen. I mean, they got they may they went out of their way to go through get through all 56 games last year to and Van, had Vancouver playing while the playoffs were going on. So that's true. That yeah. being said, they're they're going to go out of their way to make sure uh all 82 are happening okay
0: well I I I I think I agree and I think that the science is on their their side with that I think that they can find a way if they if if they choose the right measures okay hopefully everyone uh bared with us through that it's look it's the topic du jour right we got to talk about it. it it's important it's affecting everybody right I mean I don't know about you, but I've had people text me over the last couple of weeks like, hey, my office got shut down or my party got my office party got canceled. Like this is this is a thing. So we got to got to talk about it. OK, Yep. let's get to the hockey, though. Let's get to the hockey. Now, I want to start with this because everyone loves trade rumors, right? Yep. I know you do. I know. Oh, for, I, I love know, it. I know for damn sure yeah. that, you, that you do almost disgustingly. So Um, to some. Wow. Not wow. me. I, I love it, but to some <laughs> some people don't like you talking about trading players. I, I don't know what it is, or who those people might be, but some people don't. Um, Jake, one Jacob Trick Chikrin is available on yeah. the trade block. Arizona is obviously selling; they are rebuilding, <laughs> to put it mildly. Uh, I guess just your thoughts on that first and foremost. Is Jacob Chikrin a defenseman from the Arizona Coyotes who is twenty three? Is he a guy that is of interest to you for this yes. for this Ducks franchise? Yes. Yes. Turns 24 in March, I should add. Yep. Turns 24
1: in March. Um, looking here, I'll put it up on the screen right now for everyone out there. Looking at his JFRS uh, charts. So this is if you look at 18, 19, um, he's over the 75th percentile in terms of even strength offense. War about 60 some odd percentile for uh, uh, for even strength defense. Even strength defense actually went up last year. Even strength offense falls down a little bit. Um, and then this past year, or sorry, 18-19 uh, was that, nineteen twenty 20 was uh, where the uh, defense jumped up. And then basically last year and this year combined, the even strength offense has kind of fallen off a little bit when you combine the two seasons, but the defense is still really good. And if you kind of go to this uh, this J Fresh chart where you can see kind of the transition from last season to this season, um, I think you really see the impact that playing in Arizona has had on him in this pat this season. And I think while these charts do isolate player for performance, uh, in, uh, individually, I think there is some aspect of it to play in that team and that system that is just set up to lose. That has to nece- that has to ha- cause, uh, an impact on, on your individual stats and your individual play. So I think kind of all that being said, I think Jacob tricking, Jake Trickin is a fantastic player And I think that when you look at the timeline of the current Ducks franchise and you look at Chikrin and his contract and the fact that he has, I believe, four more years or three more years. Let me double check that with at 4.6 on his deal. I think that three more more at 4.6. I think he fits perfectly into the timeline of the Ducks franchise. And I think you have to at least kind of kick some tires on him. I I think that uh, Jeff Solomon would be dumb not to.
0: Yeah. I, I agree that it's worth inquiring for sure. Mm-hmm. Now this is per Elliot Friedman. He has heard that the ask is massive. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking that means a good young player, a, a you know, first round pick, maybe a roster player, right? That's what massive means in today's NHL. Yeah. I don't know if you have more background on the ask. Um, so here is what I think about the, just kind of to start with this Chikorin situation. I think that Chikorin checks a lot of boxes for the Ducks, right? He's a big defenseman. He's younger. He's cost-controlled for three more years. Like, that is an attractive profile in and of itself. And statistically, an effective player as well. The question becomes, what is it going to take? Because I think that one thing that does make him all the more enticing for the Ducks is that if, let's say, you do end up trading a Hampus Lindholm, right, This is essentially your Lindholm replacement. Yep. And so you're plugging that hole. And so you're essentially having your cake and eating it too, because let's say you trade Lindholm, you get the package that you get there and you get a Chikrin, you're kind of plugging different holes there while also adding to other parts of your roster. I guess the question for me though is, is the juice worth the squeeze? Is this player worth moving all these chess pieces around? so let
1: me ask you this and this is where i'm coming from <laughs> you're just gonna dodge deal. my
0: question just all together
1: sorry i've been trying to look up what was your question i was trying to look up well, like the my, my the, question the ask
0: is, my question is is it worth all this kind of moving heaven and earth to, to get him
1: um i i think it obviously depends on the ask i i think so here's my view of the ducks right now just in general global big picture perspective on this team mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. this team stood still should be selling their ufas yeah. I, I think that is where they're at. I think they're you. They're they're not in a spot where you keep your UFA's as your own rentals because let's say you keep them and they leave, the Ducks aren't making a run at the Cup this year. I, I, I the only way they do is if they get lucky in the playoffs. But more likely than not, they're gonna win a round, maybe two. But this is not their year, and you don't want to prioritize this year. If they do win, that's great. That's a happy. That's and, a lucky or way, happy I,
0: surprise. I just I just want to quickly jump in to say that. When Jake is saying this is not their year, he's not saying this is for sure not their year. It's just probability. Probability, probability this is not their year, right? Yeah. Like like if you were to bet right now, well, you're, and, you're not you're not betting on the ducks. So if you're someone that's running this franchise, you got to run on probability.
1: Well, and, and let me ask this question, or let me not pose, not ask this question, but kind of pose this to everyone out there and you know, make pose sure you ask
0: me the same thing.
1: Right? I know, I know, <laughs> I. have You know what? Just let me go. Just let me go.
0: Maybe they don't actually. Now I need to check. Yeah. But
1: um, so let me put this out there is basically the, if you go all in on this season and you keep your guys, you're essentially making the bet that this is your time to win. And you're not prioritizing your future year. So let me ask you this. Do you think the ducks have a better chance to win the cup this year or next year or two years down the line, three years down the line, to me, the best time is when Trevor Zegers hits 23 and he's in his prime. Yeah. 23, yeah. 24. So three, four years down the line is going to be their best chance to win a cup. So the starting next season is to me when they start entering their cup window because that's when they have these guys pushing into the lineup and making a – I mean, Trevor Zegers is already making a huge step, but even the guys below him, the Jacob Perot, the the Brayden Tracy who's playing well now, oh. all, all oh, these guys
0: – Oh, he's in that conversation now, Brayden Tracy is.
1: Maybe. Who knows? We'll see. Okay. Um. Uh, question marks there. Well, make, but, make, but, make but, yeah, and, and so when those guys start to come in and start pushing, it is when this team is going to be contending, and, and so um that's essentially why you want to. I think globally, you still want to move on from your UFAs because this is not the year to, to hold on to your guys as your own rentals to, to to take your run at. You are not looking for one year of success. You're looking for a long sustained a run decade, of success, decade plus. Yes. And so when I look at this from the Ducks' perspective, I think they could still be buyers, though. But it has to be for the right potential candidate. And I think Jacob Chickren checks the boxes for that potential candidate. He's young enough where he's going to have a long-term impact on this franchise. He's good. I I think that that is one thing that maybe you could push back on, that he hasn't been that great the last year, year and a half. But how much of that is him? How much of that is systems? How much of that is the Coyotes just being a tire fire? And, I mean, there is the question of, is he a reason that they're a tire fire? There's a lot of question marks there, right. a, a part of that. But I think that he's someone that is a really good player that could significantly help out this team. And so where I would go from this is, I don't know how much of the current ducks, uh, system I would be willing to, to use for chicken. What I would be trying to do here though, is I would be trying to use what I get for Hampus Lindholm and Josh Manson and flip that for Jacob chicken If Chikrin. If you get a first and a prospect for, for Lindholm, let's just say high-end, you get a first for Manson. What if you use both of those firsts and you flip them to Arizona plus another prospect? Maybe you maybe if they need Mason McTavish, that'd be a lot of that. Two firsts and McTavish, I think that's probably too much. What
0: if they ask for Sasha Pastajov?
1: Two firsts and Pastajov, I'd probably do it.
0: Really? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a big ask, but like... Jacob, I wouldn't do that. okay, I wouldn't do that full stop. Okay, um, here's the thing. I mean, so, so yes oh, and no.
1: I mean, I, I think Finish you're overvaluing. I think you're overvaluing passage of there. But regardless, where I would be trying to go at this from is not necessarily breaking up any of the guys that you have in your system that you like and utilizing your assets. Because here's the deal: Arizona doesn't want Hampus home Arizona doesn't want Josh Manson. They don't do anything for them this year. No, zero. But you can – and this is where trading guys and selling them off is uh, important is that you bring assets back that you can then flip because you're adding assets to your pool. I mean, and so
0: – Or ideally, if it's a veteran-type player, it's a guy who has short-term left that they can flip again, like a Derek mm-hmm, Grant. Mm-hmm. Contois has a year left. Like it would – or, I mean, if you were ever able to get Silverberg or Henrique over there, it would have to be someone like that that they could recoup at some point. Yeah. So,
1: I mean, do you think it would be three first round equivalent type pros or picks? I mean, if they're late how, first, for instance.
0: How good is Jacob Chikrin? <laughs> I mean, I think that I think he, I think the 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 cost certainty on him's huge. I think that he's a very valuable asset yeah. in terms of just like like we were just saying, he checks all these great boxes. But I am more, I guess, I'm just more interested in the player, and maybe that's a downfall of my view on this is that I'm not. Well, because the other the other components quite as much.
1: Here's the thing: if he's making four point six, that sets you up to still be able to go after someone in free agency if you I, I want guess, to.
0: I guess what I'm undervaluing is how how many players are this good that also check all these boxes, and the list, and is that's kind of what. Very long
1: and we just dealt with this. I don't think he's on the level of Jack Eichel per se, but we just dealt with this is how many opportunities do you have to get players at this age in well, then- that are, that are at this at a very good level, a very, very, uh, a high level. I don't, uh, like I said, Jacob chicken is not at the level of a Jack Eichel there. He, they're not comparable in that a- aspect, but from the aspect of time frame wise, fitting what you need age wise, fitting what you need and being kind of right. Exactly where you want them. I think,
0: jacob chicken is a great fit yeah he's young and he's cost controlled which is the two things Mm -hmm. that are hard to come by in today's nhl so from that perspective i think that it could be worth paying a bit of a premium but i would still be very careful if i were the ducks because for example moving on from a mctavish moving on from a passage of maybe Mm -hmm. this is now pure hyperbole from me but i still believe that young dynamic forwards are more valuable long-term than defensemen. Like that's kind of the crux of, of all this to me is that I wouldn't, Well, I wouldn't, you know, I, I would ideally not want to give up someone of that ilk because I think that those guys have more potential to move the needle, not long-term than a Chickering does just for maybe. the, like just for the on ice product. Um, but of course it's, it's not just about that. There's so much yep. more to consider with, with the dollars and cents and with the term and so I think you can make a very reasonable case for it. I think that there are some reasonable objections as well. Like, maybe I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth here, but I, I just don't know if there's a right or wrong here. I, am I crazy in saying that?
1: No, I, I think that you're you're valid. I think at the end of the day, like everything, it comes down to what the, what is the ask.
0: Right. Well, that, I mean, that's the thing that we don't have a, as much clarity as I would like. Because let's say the ask is, Contois, a first...
1: What if it's Comtois and the two firsts that you potentially get for Lindholm and Manson?
0: I think that's a lot more palatable, right? Because those firsts are kind of found money. anyway, that,
1: And that's where I'm coming at from this right. is that you use the, the found money picks that you get, right. And you end up flipping that for a Jacob Chicker.
0: And I think with Comtois, he's a guy who makes sense for Arizona because he has a year left on his deal after this year. And you know, he, let's see, um, He's 22, so you still have some time to figure out what he's going to be. And if he's not going to be that, you can trade him to another team, right? So, but if it's someone who has a little more of an ups, you know, a little bit more of a ceiling, I mean, Mason McTavish was a third overall pick. I'm yeah. Really- like him and Contoir are not in the same category. No, they are. No, they and, are. And, and and I
1: may have been overshooting it by adding well, McTavish not, in there.
0: I'm not throwing that at you. I'm just saying, like, if this is if this is in the the conversation right now, it it needs to be.
1: Would like, Would you do McTavish for Chickering straight up?
0: Ooh, that is a good question. I don't think I would. Okay. I don't think I would because I like I'd rather. I think that a high level center who's going to be cheap is more of a needle mover than jacob chicken will be just yep also i want to make it clear because i'm having
1: hate thrown at me by our good friend tony kempafu saying that uh i hate uh saucer Pastorjov. i was not the one who brought him up that was felix that did so if you want to say if any of us hate uh pastor it's felix
0: no i said i would not trade him yeah (laughs) you were the one that brought up his name though well, I asked that kind of like to test how, like where you're, you you were at. What, <laughs> I, know, I know, I um, know, I mean, I mean, my thing with passage of like, maybe it's just bias. I mean, it, it for sure is partly biased, but passage of statistical profile right now, I am just so curious to see that at the NHL level. Right? Yeah, no, I, yep. I, I, I completely agree. Well, like, I think like in some you, ways, do you want to be the team that trades the next, you know, Braden point basically. So, like,
1: I guess here's the question on passage of is where's his value at to another team. If he's valued properly by the coyotes, for instance, in terms of where we think his value probably is, then I think it's a fair deal because maybe it lessens what else you have to give up. I guess the, the issue there is that I think that I I think you're kind of leaning towards this. And I think it's the right way to view it is I don't think NHL teams necessarily would value him properly.
0: No, no, I, I I certainly don't think so. I mean, look, he was drafted in the third round. Exactly. Exactly. There's your evidence. Um, but I think like it's just so hard for the Ducks because this is where the decisions like we, we've we said this all along. Right. in when we first started doing this show all the way till now in the last three years is that tearing it down is the easy part. Building it back up is much harder because that's when the difficult decisions. Start. Well, and these are the types of moves that you have to make to build it up. And I
1: guess that's where I'm looking at this from is. Where do the Ducks go after they, they sell – and because this is the big question I keep asking myself, right, is you sell Lindholm, you sell Manson, you sell you sell Raquel. I think there's a clear path forward at, uh, at for the forward position in terms of who replaces Raquel. It's going to be Comtois, it could be Perot, it could be Tracy maybe, it could be Passageov. The there, there's a whole lot of potential there to fill those spots, right, whereas the left-hand side of defense, I'm not quite as sure who takes Lindholm's spot long-term right. because – Josh Maher is not good enough. I I, I think that we, I think we have enough of a sample size to say that. What what, what gave that away? Yeah. Josh Maher is not there. Sim, uh, Simon Benoit, also third pairing defenseman. Uh, Henry Throon, Henry Throon's left-hand shot, but who knows how long it's going to take him to develop. Olin Zellweger, Olin Zellweger is a lefty, yeah. And Olin Zellweger is a lefty, but I guess he plays the right side at Everett. But I mean, he's 18. We just don't know yet. He's, he's 18. He's still two or three years away. From from being in the NHL, uh,
0: yeah, I mean, it, it's it's hard to say. Um, yeah. So, yeah, And, I mean, and, and th- this is and, the hard
1: part. Well, and so that that's kind of where I'm coming at this from: is how do you build this team after you move, uh, after you move on from Lindholm, after you move on from Manson? Where do things go? Who jumps in and fills those spots that are that are open? Think, uh, and and yeah. so that's kind of where the the Jacob Chikrin, uh thought has come into my head of. Left-hand shot defenseman, under contract for a reasonable term, um, allows doesn't prohibit you from signing your Jamie Drysdale's, your uh, your Trevor Zegris's your Troy Terry's, all these guys to the bigger term, the bigger contracts that they're going to want, um, and so and it could set you up to have a Jacob Chikrin, uh, uh Jamie Drysdale pairing for a long time.
0: Yeah, like again, I think that there's a fine case to make. To me, it all comes down to the cost. Because if we're talking about a Contois with picks that you didn't have to begin with, that's one thing. But if we're talking about Contois plus a prospect, you know, maybe one of your own, like it's just it could go a few different ways, right? I mean, if you're if you're the Coyotes, you're in the driver's seat because ultimately you're the one that's yielding the different offers. Um, Yeah, I just. Again, my philosophy on this and why I was more bullish on Eichel and, you know, like you already mentioned, worth re-mentioning, is that Eichel, Chikrin, we're not comparing these two, but these are the types of situations the, that- The, the concept
1: is still the same.
0: Yeah, the, the concept is the same in that these are the types of situations that Ducks are going to be faced with moving forward of, okay, we've kind of torn this down. We're slowly rebuilding. Now, where do we want to allocate assets and flip them to make this even better? And for Eichel, the reason I was pretty bullish on it was because this is a top line center. He's young. That is what truly moves the needle in the NHL. For me, Chikrin, look, he might be a, like, he might long term be a first pairing defenseman. I mean, he he probably already is that now. But I just, ah, I I can't bring myself to think, to to just really be convinced that this is what I want to spend capital on. I mean, maybe I'm just not, maybe I haven't watched enough of him play last season,
1: last season playing all 56 games at 22 to 23 years old, 78th percentile of war, 86th percentile of even strength offense, 52nd, even strength defense, 93rd percentile on the power play hundredth percentile in terms of shooting. So there's that for the scoring, but 73rd percentile on the PK. So, I mean, he's a damn good hockey player and had a really good season last year and it's fallen off this year. But,
0: I mean, how much of that is just playing in a bad situation? A really, really bad situation. Historically bad. Yeah. So, yeah. again, like, I don't deny that he's a good player. I don't deny that he's playing, you know, top pairing minutes. I just – and it's funny because in our Discord, I was making the case for why first-round picks are overvalued. Um, But I I guess I would just be a little careful to to sell the house to get I this think- guy. I
1: think the reason – I think you use – and this is what I've come back to. I don't know if I would necessarily give away the assets that the Ducks already have as their own. Yeah. I I would be more looking to flip the assets that you get from Lindholm and Manson, so essentially it
0: becomes Lindholm and Manson for Jacob Chickren. I think that that's the smart play because I, yeah. I, 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 like, I'm just not so sold on him as a guy that I want to use my own money on, but if I can use someone else's money off a guy that I'm going to lose anyway in a Lindholm yeah. – yeah manson then sure it makes sense
1: i mean long term let's just say year a year or two or let's go three years down the line what's mm-hmm. better for the ducks three or four years down the line jacob chicken or lindholm and manson
0: i mean is that even a question but well, the answer is jacob chicken yes yeah exactly <laughs> yeah hence well, well that's the thing and and this is kind of it, this circles back to something that we've both been seeing a lot of online is that every time we bring up lately the the idea of trading the pending UFAs, there's been a lot of pushback because the Ducks are in first place. They're playing well. They're beating teams. Why would you want to break this thing up? And again, it goes back to what you were saying earlier of you don't want to just go all in on this year. You want to try to stretch this thing out for as long as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. And the way to do that- Contending windows. Exactly, is by remaining as flexible as possible. Yep. And, and so that's that's kind of where we're at here. Yep. All right, so before we get into any more topics
1: like we're going to discuss the past week of hockey, uh, I think it's time for a word from our sponsor, Felix. So uh, Green Chef is a CCOF certified meal kit company, and they make eating well uh, easy for you. You can enjoy your greens by having the most, or you can enjoy your greens while being green with the most sustainable meal kit. Green chef is the most, uh, most sustainable meal kit offsetting hundred percent of their plastic packaging in every box and 100% of their carbon footprint and emissions green chef pre-portioned ingredients means you'll actually reduce your food waste by at least 25 percent compared to your shopping or grocery shopping and it's convenient easy green chef makes cooking easy so you can spend less time stressing and more time enjoying delicious home cooked meals green chefs pre-made and pre-measured sauces dressings and spices get you more chef curated flavor in less time so you can avoid and you can avoid long lines at the grocery store grocery store green chef is so convenient with pre-portioned easy to follow recipes that are delivered right to your door green chef saves you time by taking care of meal planning grocery shopping and most of the prep work uh prep for you week after week so you don't have to um and it's deliciousness delivered felix with fresh produce, premium proteins, and organic uh, ingredients you can trust, Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well. They offer 35 nutritious and flavorful options to choose from every week, featuring premium clean ingredients that are season, seasonally sourced for peak freshness. Green Chef is always changing variety of easy-to-follow recipes when there's something new to discover each week, so you never get bored. And with Green Chef, you get hand-picked organic veggies and premium proteins, so you can feel great about what you're eating and how it got to your table. So, Felix, what are some of kind of your favorite Green Chef recipe? Green Chef has been a long longtime uh, sponsor of this pod, and they've been uh, kind enough to send us uh, some meals. And, I mean, I've said this many times. My wife has enjoyed them so much that uh, she's thrown them all in a binder. And so, Felix, what have been some of your favorites?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think everyone by now that listens to our podcast or that's been in our Discord knows that I, I love burgers. I'm a big fan. And they have a beef burger with tomato, shallot, aioli. Um, They actually went all out on these Italian-inspired burgers, flavored with oregano, garlic seasoning, topped with melty mozzarella. Very special sauce. I mean, some of the best burgers you'll have, and nothing like oven-roasted potatoes. So, yeah, it's healthy, but it's also extremely delicious
1: yeah and, and the nice thing is they obviously offer different things for your different diets they offer balanced meals they offer the keto diet. paleo everything um but on their menu this week just just some uh options for you out there if you were looking to to take advantage of this code and uh use it this week they have a chicken and broccoli bowls with with kale pickled radish and carrots spicy ginger lime aioli they have lemon herb shrimp bowls with red bell pepper cabbage parmesan and toasted walnuts um and and Every meal, I, I say this, and this is uh, my own experience with it, has been fantastic. They're they so delicious, and it, I just want to make it again. It, and that just goes to show just how good it is and how delicious it is, is that it makes me want to wanna have it again. And so um, if you want to be like us and enjoy some Green Chef, you can go to greenchef.com slash ctp one thirty. And use code CTP 130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. Once again, that's greenchef.com slash CTP 130 and use code CTP 130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. I'm proud of you, Jake.
0: You got the code right. <laughs> oh, your face right now inside joke. Your face right now. Anyway, um okay, let's <laughs> let, let's just move on from that. Okay. So the Ducks played two hockey games last week. They did. Why does it feel like they played more? Um look, they they had the crazy road trip before that. Um we've kind of been in this crazy schedule of watching these games and reacting to them and doing doing shows, doing podcasts. So maybe that's why. Maybe yeah, that's maybe that's why it feels like more. Yeah, um, Let's start with... Um, I want to start with this. And it ties into what we saw on Friday. So you and I did a watch-along on Friday, which was a lot of fun. Thank you to everybody who joined us on our Patreon. We'll get more into that after the show, how you can join in on the fun. Um, Max Contois, though, making his return to the Ducks lineup. And so the Ducks lost to Arizona 6-5 to in overtime on Friday. Kind of a, just one of the weirder... Games I think I've seen this season just like a lot of things not really making sense that you know because on on Wednesday so the Ducks beat Seattle on Wednesday four to one and one of the big points I made was that you know the difference with this year's team and maybe teams of the past is that it feels like you can count on them to beat the teams that you expect them to to be well yeah so, So they beat up a Seattle team and then you think okay they're gonna play Arizona now this should be another I don't want to call it a cakewalk, but another game where you can kind of pencil them in mm-hmm. to find a way. And they basically did everything they could to find a way to lose, it seemed like. Yeah. So, Max Contois, though, being back, I think that's kind of the, the story I want to start with. Um, first off, your thoughts on him returning into the lineup and him being on a line with Ryan Getzlaff and Troy Terry? Yeah, I, I think that that's the right decision. I, I think
1: putting him in the in a position position to succeed is the correct uh, way to do it. And obviously, where he was at prior to missing some games or missing, what was it, a month, essentially getting the, the surgery on his hand, it was not putting him in a position to succeed. And so I, I think he looked a little rusty. I think there were some plays that maybe looked a little bit off. And I think that... There's some refinement in his game, but he was still able to get some looks. I mean, he was able to get in on a breakaway. He wasn't able to score, but I think that was really good from him to see or good to see from him was a couple of those scoring chances for him, even if he wasn't necessarily able to cash in on them. And I mean, this was a, a weird game for for that line specifically. I mean, that line in general is typically such a dominant line, yet Troy Terry in this game was at 23% expected goals, 4%. And so yeah. it was. It it was just a weird game overall. And so I don't necessarily know if I want to make any big sweeping judgments on, on players from this game in terms of their on ice play and the long term process. Because I think that there are just going to be some weird ones in eighty in an eighty two game season. I think that in some ways you can just chalk this one up to being that. Um, and so I I think the positives I saw were were that he was able to get himself into good spots, be able to create some scoring chances. There were a couple times he looked a little bit behind the play. Um and maybe working off some cobwebs
0: and that's expected, right? After a month, right? Uh, I have some bad news. Kay. Max Max Contua has a tendency to do those things, even when he's fair, fully, fair, fully, fair, fully fair, 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 <laughs> I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt right now. I fully admit that. No, and I I think that that's that's totally reasonable. Just because if you if you look at the totality of his season so far, had the issue with the hand, said that it was bothering him. Um, got off to a terrible start, although we shouldn't mention that his quote-unquote terrible start was basically just him not getting points. Uh, if yeah. you look at the underlying numbers, it was basically playing the same exact way. Yeah. But, you know, those narratives, they, they can they can pile on guys, and I think that it was for him. Uh, now coming back, though, I, I thought that the, the sensible move for Max Contois was to put him in a, in a position like with Ryan Getzlaff and Troy Terry because there's really... He's not a guy who you can put on a bottom line that the Ducks currently have, like with a Sam Carrick, a Buddy Robinson, one of these grinder types, where he's going to do well. He's not really a playmaker. He's a guy who is smart enough to, when he's playing with other playmakers, to get into those soft spots, to get into those quiet areas, and to finish plays. He can't do that when he's playing with grinders. And so... When the when Dallas Akins was doing that to him in the beginning of the season, it, it never made complete sense because he's not the kind of player who's really going to work his way out of that. He's just going to flounder, and that's what yeah. we saw. Um, so I think that just kind of putting him right back to the top it makes sense. And now I mean, this is kind of more of a long term issue, and we don't even know. I mean, now the Ducks have longer to think about this. But you know, as Contois comes back, as as Jones eventually comes back, you know, the, there's a bit of a logjam at forward for the Ducks. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, there, there definitely is. But I mean, it's a good problem to have. Oh, it's a great problem to have. I mean, at some point, I just don't think we'll see Derek Grant playing on the third line. No. And and Silverberg.
1: No, I I completely agree. I I think that that's probably where Adam Henrique is probably going to eventually settle into. I I think that that's the perfect spot for him or potentially maybe a Ricard Raquel goes there.
0: Yeah. I mean, once Henrique and well, let's just start with Henrique. Once Adam Henrique is back where do you put him? Cause I would imagine you're not going to break up the Raquel Zgris Milano line. I, I think that that's no,
1: impossible. uh, yes and no. I think Adam Henrique could fit on that line potentially if they wanted to try Raquel with Lundestrom and I, Silverberg, uh, I would
0: be very, very hesitant to break. I, up.
1: I agree. I'm just like, saying, like, like, I, I'm just, I'm just throwing options out there.
0: I, and yeah, I think it's worth thinking about it. It's worth thinking about it just to see. Um, and then for Henrique, I mean, is he better served with Getzlaff and Terry? Or, because I mean, the, the thing with the, the Lundestrom Silverberg line is whoever you put there, you know what kind of assignment they're going to be getting, right? It's going to be a defensive assignment. And Henrique kind of fits that bill. I think what I like about him is that in theory, if you have a Lundestrom and Silverberg tandem there who's able to get the puck into the zone, he is the kind of guy who's respons- responsible enough to hold up his end of the bargain defensively and finish off plays on the other end. And we've seen flashes of playmaking from Lundstrom to where maybe it could work. Um,
1: yeah, and especially when you add in the I, fact I, that, that Silverberg and Lundestrom haven't necessarily dominated play I, I also on just, their own side.
0: I also just think putting Raquel there is a waste. Like, you're trying, to, you're trying to trade Raquel, right? So Yeah, no, I, I that's fair. Putting him with Lundestrom and Silverberg just is not going to help his trade value <laughs> completely. And, <laughs> I, and I think,
1: and I think Adam and is a fairly good play driver, especially offensively. If you look at, and I'll yeah. put on the screen right on he's, the screen right now,
0: he's aging very gracefully. Yeah, he is.
1: And I put on the screen right now is RPM chart for this season specifically. And he's driving offense in a way that uh, not a lot of players on the ducks necessarily have. And so uh, I'll right now I'll do a compare skater. Let me do uh, Adam and and I'll do, let's just say, uh, I'll do Jacob Silverberg just to see. And I think Adam Henrique is a guy that can really negate some of the flaws within Silverberg's game. And I mm-hmm. think that it would be a good uh, kind of matchup. And so you can see Silverberg just does nothing for you offensively, does a decent enough job at limiting uh, shot attempts against. But this is a situation where I think having Henrique, Garrett, Henrique there gives that line a look that they don't necessarily have right now, especially with Derek Grant there being, or Derek Grant being there instead of... Uh, uh yeah. adam henrique and i mean i'll throw Derek grant on there now and i think he's been a little bit better this year but still he, bad. he's actually not been
0: horrendous he's just been suboptimal yeah like so like you see you see the chart like he's still he's still not doing a ton for you but he's at least not completely killing you when he's out yeah there. yeah so, so i
1: i think that that's probably the path that they'll take because i think you want to get unless colmshaw just really uh shits the bed with uh, with Getzloff and Terry before Henrique gets back. Which is
0: not unfathomable, by the way. Like, he might yeah. just not score enough to convince the coaching staff to leave him there.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so I think that if that's the case, maybe we see Combshaw dropped in the lineup and Henrik goes back with... I mean, because Getzloff, Terry, Henrik was a really, really good line. Yeah. When, when they were healthy. And so um, maybe that's where they go. So there's a lot, basically, kind of that can happen. I think the most likely situation is Comtois stays with Getzloff and you have Henrique with, uh, Henrique with Lundestrom and Silverberg.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think this is a bit of a dilemma long term for the ducks with Max Comtois because he is a hard guy to fit on a, like in, unless he's scoring, he's not doing a ton for you. And he really has to be on a line where there are two strong play drivers. Um, and so I mean we'll see like there's still so much runway left for him I want to give him at least 20 games just to see okay what is this going to look like hopefully with Getzloff and Terry um, I think you just have to be really patient with Contoi. and you know it's funny because people get on me for not being patient with guys the thing is this guy can score right and you and that's the most valuable thing so if you can just get to a point where the other stuff is okay enough then you have a player and either a guy that you have long-term or a guy that you can trade. So yep. I, I guess I'll throw this question at you. When everyone's healthy, what's your what's your Ducks lineup looking like right now? So everyone, everyone.
1: Everyone healthy, I would probably go with- Let's
0: start, let's start with line one.
1: Line one is gonna be Raquel Zegers, uh Milano. Milano,
0: yeah. And... I I just wanna throw a quick, quick side question at you. Is there any chance that when everyone is healthy milano's not in this lineup anymore
1: no okay okay moving on he should he should have been in the lineup in the first place
0: yeah I mean it just seems insane now to leave him on the you know in the press box in in favor of like a max Jones right yeah like, uh, just I mean honestly
1: people. actually I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a curveball at you ooh okay I'm, I'm changing things up is it a curveball or a change-up yeah is it's a curveball because I, I'm switching okay. up my my first line that I did I'm okay. gonna do Terry zegris milano
0: Ooh. Ooh. I gotta say, every time Terry and Zegris have been on the ice together, even for like twenty seconds, I get a little excited because I'm like, what's about to happen? And there there have been some flashes, but they just there hasn't been enough time for them to really gel this season. Um But I I have no issues with that. Like that could be their top line for the next three years. Yeah, it could be, and that's why. Because yeah. you want you want like
1: at a certain point you want to find who terry's going to be with long term and right. i think that terry zegris is going to be that connection long term i think milano is a great fit for now but i think long term terry zegris together is going to be that pairing that you want and so why not well, start terry, that now
0: terry and milano are not that far apart in an age i mean terry's, true terry's 24 and i just think 25. terry's a,
1: terry's a better player
0: I mean, Milano's been damn good this year, but I get your point. Like, Terry
1: Terry's actually been one of the best players in the league.
0: Yeah, but I mean, if you look at Milano's charts, like he has just been agreed insane. But yeah, I again, like you know, I mean, I'm, why why not put all three together? Well, that's I, yeah, that's why I agree. That's why I like the idea. Um, but I just I just want you know, I I want Milano to be properly respected because let's face it, hasn't gotten a lot of that uh, so far in his NHL career. Okay, so your line one. Uh, is Troy Terry, uh, Sonny Milano, and Trevor Zegers fair enough? I, I co-signed that. Uh, who is your line two?
1: Uh, my line two would then be comtois gets law for Cal.
0: Okay, see that's the thing. I don't love that line as much anymore. I don't either, it's, but it's a second line. You've put all your best eggs in the same basket. But but I get it. I get it. I mean, it's for a second
1: line. It's still a really good second line, right? Raquel, Getzlaff, and Raquel have history together, and with Getzlaff playing the way he has this year, that connection's worked in the past.
0: I I guess my only concern with that line is that there's not really like a dual threat outside of maybe Getzlaff, right? Like, like Raquel's not really known as a playmaker. Contois definitely not. So Getzlaff's really going to have to be the, the the distributor there, and I think that's why Terry and him work so well together because. Even though Terry has said so many times, like, you know, I've made it a point of shooting more. I think the reason he gels so well with Getzlaff and why he's so effective is because he is still a threat to pass on Mm -hmm. top of him shooting. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyway, I I do agree with you, though. It's a fine line. Yeah. Um, So you've got Contois, Getzlaff, and Raquel. So I'm guessing your third line is still going to have two Swedes on it.
1: It's going to be Henrik Lundestrom Silverberg, just with the way everything set up that.
0: Yeah, and that's, I, a good, that's a good third line.
1: Ideally, I would have that as my fourth line, honestly, in an ideal world where you have more depth and better depth to work well, with.
0: D- especially the way Silverberg's played this season, which has been yeah. not great.
1: Yeah. And, so, and then the fourth line, I would probably go with Jones, Carrick, Steele. Yeah,
0: I mean, I've I've seen people say Buddy Robinson instead of Steele. Buddy
1: Robinson is actually like during the minutes. Granted, a very small sample size, tiny sample, very tiny. So could just be a, a variant situation. Petite sample. He's looked good though.
0: Yeah, he's he's looked he's looked fine. Um, I mean, between Buddy Robinson and Sam Steele, I don't have any. No, Great and I and
1: I and I guess if you want to make the argument of long-term planning for this team, it's better to play Sam Steele there well, as compared yeah, you, to Buddy Robinson. You,
0: you want to either see if Steele can be a player for you, or if you can showcase him. So,
1: oh, Bonnie, Bonnie's making a really fun point in in the Twitch stream that I'm not just going to use completely against her because you know that that that's what we do. She's saying you can add in upcoming prospects slash goals to the potential third line. You know, that works out well. You trade Raquel, you call up Jacob Perot.
0: <laughs> Sorry, wow. Vani. You flipped that real quick. I did. Um, I did. I think for next season, assuming Mason McTavish is on the team uh, and Ryan Getzlaff resigns, is he your fourth line center?
1: He would be my third line center with Lundestrom as my fourth line center.
0: Oh, you're going to piss off people with that take. But it's true. So? I mean, I made I made this very loud and clear on I think the last pod that Isaac Lindstrom's gotten a bit overrated this season. And look, before you jump on me for using the word overrated, I think he's been fine, but he's not like the the discourse around him is out of whack with the on ice product. Anyway, so I'm I would agree with that. Um, at some point Jacob Pro will be in there. I mean maybe now Ray and Tracy has worked his way into this conversation, although it's hard to say with the AHL. Um I'm trying to think, I mean, Sastro Pasajov, I don't know how many years away he is though. So, yeah, I mean, like that that's the game you get to play now. Like when you get to the point when you start trading guys out is that you can start really thinking about how this is going to look longer term. Um, and that that's and the exciting the, and, part. And for the Ducks it looks good. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah? Okay. So
1: um. Anything else from the games that you want to talk about? I mean, the Ducks dominated Seattle. That was probably one of the most dominant performances I think they've had all. Season. Yeah,
0: they they smashed Seattle. Like it, I mean, the it the, the
1: the Raquel uh, Raquel Zegers Milano line was just toying with them. There was one shift in that game, I believe it was in the second period, where zegris gets the puck in the behind the net, and it's on right edge. So yeah. Tried the Michigan, but wasn't able to get on a stick. Then ends up with the puck again as he's skating behind the net, slams on the brakes. And you instantly see two guys from Seattle push to challenge him and it opens up a passing lane to Raquel to to finish it. And so it's like this is what that type of play does. And like we, we went into depth on that play last week, but I mean, it opens up different scoring chances and opens up different scoring lanes that wouldn't have necessarily been there if. I mean, typically, if he slams on the brakes there and hadn't pulled that off, guys aren't going to challenge him like that, and they're going to defend with sticks and passing lanes to stop the pass to the front of the net because that's the most dangerous option. But now that he's shown that your stick being on the ice doesn't do jack shit when, if he just goes over the net. And so they have to push him, and it opens up passing lanes for him to find guys. And I think Raquel hit the post on that shot. And yeah. and, and so, yeah. Um, real quick on pass I think he's eligible to play in the AHL next year if they want to put him there.
0: Ooh, that could be fun. Mm hmm. It could be fun.
1: Because he was not, because he played in the USHL to go to uh, college hockey originally and then made the switch to the CHL. I believe he's not, uh, the CHL, NHL rules don't apply
0: to him as a result, or CHL, like, AHL rules. I feel like we missed the biggest headline of the season. The the biggest. Someone's hacking coughing in your background. um <laughs> The biggest headline is Jacob Larson getting called back up last Friday. <laughs> I mean, total depth call-up, like, didn't play. Uh, he's being already jostled around uh, movement-wise. I want to quickly ask you this, though. Have you been to a goals game in San Diego? Yeah, multiple. How, how are they? They're fun. I've never been to one. Yeah, they're a good time. I've never been to one. And now I if, – like, if Sasha Pasajov is playing – for san diego like i have to go if next season if it's past to job and perot playing together oh my god oh my god i mean we don't know how these guys will be in the nhl although we have a pretty good feeling but in the ahl those guys are gonna light it up i mean so. here's the question it's just whether or not that's the best place for him i mean at the end of the day he is
1: still a uh these
0: guys are so young
1: yeah, yeah. and i just am realizing this the bummer for the ducks McTavish is 30 days away from being eligible to play in the AHL last year or next year. Sorry, not last year.
0: Yeah. 30 days yeah. away. Well, okay, born on Jan 30th. People are saying I, I didn't go when Zegers and Drysdale were down there. They, they weren't down there. <laughs> they were in Irvine. <laughs> they were in Irvine, California, which I've been to many times. Trust me. Um, and couldn't get in anyway. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think who is, I think the I,
1: I met, I went to one of the playoff games in San Diego where Isaac Lundstrom scored on his own goal with an empty net <laughs> where the goalie was pulled. So that was fun. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think. I went down there during their first
0: season. Why do you I have a Grady shirt? Because I went to Philly. I just noticed this. Yeah. Oh, terrible. Terrible, terrible. Um, I'm trying to think
1: about who I... that first season. I think that, oh, yeah, that was Shea Theodore. I have a Shea Theodore oh, goals jersey.
0: That's that's a nice one. I yeah, mean, Shea, the- Shea little, Theodore twenty seven goals jersey. A little PTSD inducing for some.
1: I mean, he was so good in San Diego.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, well, I mean, him and Montour were just lighting it up points wise. Um, anyway, yeah, yeah. So I don't know where where we were going. Do you, should we move on to questions?
1: Yeah, let's move on to questions. We got a bunch in uh, in yeah, we Discord. Got a we got a ton so we're gonna hit discord first and then we will get to uh twitch so let's go with this uh on a scale
0: this starts with "Heyo, default god there are a lot of questions should should just point out by the way that if you become a patron of ours we have a discord which if you don't know what discord is it's basically just like a chat and we have a channel just for podcast questions so if you submit a question prior to the show we'll let you know hey get them in if you want them uh, we will get to yours first. We will prioritize yours. So yeah, check that
1: out. real quick. Goons never die, uh, say die. Zellweger is not eligible for the AHL next year. He's two years away from being eligible based upon his age. Um, he's real young. <laughs> well, yeah, he said you basically the rule is if you were drafted in the CHL, you have to turn 20 before January one of that season. Yeah. So Nick Ritchie was eligible after playing one year back in junior. Cause he's born in like November, or December, who's your, or something who's your like
0: favorite that. goal of all time like like Trevor Segras okay fair enough we'll move on I don't know I, I'm pretty sure you I did. mean on, on you just pulled was that out you... of your hat but
1: how is what whatever anyway, move okay on, move on, move moving on, on. heyo deflo said on a scale of 1 10 how buzzed was Felix last night
0: yeah what is this narrative on Sunday night we I I tried to play a prank on the discord by by posting uh McDavid to Montreal like meme from from instagram that that you fell for by the way should point Don't out we, how <laughs> uh but from from, a, from an account that was canadian spelled d-i-a-n-s uh you know i may have had a couple of couple of adult beverages but at that point i was fine so also uh yeah you you also put in discord that uh you were drinking ama oh wow i forgot about that yeah <laughs> well <laughs> oops <laughs> oopsies <laughs> Maybe it's a four
1: out of ten then. Maybe a four. <laughs> okay. Ducks golfing, a longtime uh, moderator for the show in Discord and, and, and longtime listener said, kind of would like to hear your thoughts on if you truly believe the NHL statement on the rest of the regular season being completed in its full length because he's very skeptical about that statement. I mean, we we touched on this a little bit earlier. I think they're going to play it. I mean, they went out of their way to play fifty six games last season. I think they're going to go
0: out of their way to play eighty two this year. I mean, I think skepticism is definitely warranted. Like, yeah. I, think, I think being skeptical is 100% justified, and I think that the skeptical argument might even be better than what you just said, but I tend to agree that they will just find a way. I think that if they can buckle down, they can get through it, but it will be immensely challenging. Like I I, I, I think
1: they, they have to go back to the old protocols.
0: I, I, I just don't think that they've yet fully grasped like how hard this is going to be because... Again, this is only going to get more challenging. Yep. Um, So, let's see. Uh, Zuzle
1: said, not really a question, but I would like to hear your thoughts on Sam Carrick. He's been good. Yeah. I mean, he... Sam Carrick
0: is one of the best stories of the season for the Ducks.
1: He had a rough game against the Coyotes, took a really dumb penalty that led to a goal against, and just had a rough game overall. But that was kind of the, the first bad game from him, I would say.
0: Sure. But, I mean, again, keep in mind, he's a fourth liner. Yeah. Like, compare him to the other fourth liners that the Ducks have banked on in recent years. Correct. He he has been excellent. And, I mean, just this last week, the goals named a new captain, Greg Patteron, which all but confirms, because Sam Carrick was their captain previously, that he's not going back. So, congratulations to him. I'm sure he's listening to this. Sam Carrick is. (laughs) Oh, yeah, 100%. (laughs) But he's been great. I mean, he's actually turned into a bit of an analytics darling. So... And you can kind of see it the way he plays, right? Like, he plays a very simple game. He's he There's not a lot of uh, high-quality chances against when he's out there. And when he's in the offensive zone, he's able to control it along the wall and behind the net and just either get it back to the point or just not catastrophically turn it over. So I, he's been an effective fourth liner for the Ducks, and it's crazy the difference that that can make for a team, right, to not have mm-hmm. a fourth line that is a complete – anchor mm-hmm. is a huge difference maker so credit to sam carrick
1: yep all right charbonneau said what are your top three traits in a prospect for him it's skating skill and hockey sense
0: oh top three traits you said that tr- like trades like with a d oh um, traits traits uh top three traits so number well i don't know if this is an order you already said skill skating hockey sense that's I mean, what he said that's what he's i mean i i would tend to agree with that i think skating ability is hugely important, right? If you're a bad mm-hmm. skater, that's a big demerit. But we see guys like Sasha Pastajov who can uh, mitigate that. So I would
1: say shot is a big thing for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think for me the the biggest thing is just I think hockey sense is kind of the most nebulous one because it's so hard to to explain. Yep. But it is a big one. It's just and you can see it in terms of their pass selection, shot selection, when they time their dekes coming through the neutral zone. I think that hockey sense is right up there. Obviously skating is, is really important. And then I would say just overall offensive creativity. Right. And so what I mean by creativity is just, is this a guy who can dictate the play? Is this a guy who can kind of make a shift his own? Um, because there are some guys who will, are, are, are good wheels who are good cogs in a system, but there are very few guys who can be the system and so that's kind of what i look for is how well can this guy dictate the play or how well can he just keep up with it which kind of goes more into hockey sense so i would say hockey sense skating and just overall offensive creativity and so i lump in shot passing stick handling into all of that
1: okay i'm gonna leave you just on, on that one i'm not giving an answer you disagree no i'm just letting you have your answer and that's by it by the
0: way by the way noted notable omissions size Physicality. Oh, oh yeah what i did is
1: <laughs> my joke answer was i said uh grit size and heart
0: yeah i how well can you play the sport is all i really care about yeah right? like that like okay. long-winded long-winded answer of saying that
1: Tenacious G85 has this, and I think it's a really good question. My overly complicated attempt at a first question. I think that he just joined the patron today, so thank you so Welcome. much. Welcome. Uh If you were given control of the lineup from the Arizona game and adding in any injured players I may be forgetting and told you needed to turn it into a contending team immediately with as few changes as you think possible, how many of the current roster would make your cup contending team? Just trying Ooh. to get a handle on how many pieces of the
0: Ducks are missing after surprising a lot of people this year. I mean, that's a great question. Um, I would say that if you look at the roster, we the lineup we just did, kind of gives you a, a little bit of a feel. Are there really any pieces out there right now, though, that are going to bring the Ducks that much closer? I guess our job right now is to get them there. I think that
1: if you're trying to just purely, if you were trying to make this team this year not worry about the future, this team this year a cup contender, and that's it. That's your think, sole I job.
0: Think, I think you're keeping some of the guys you would otherwise trade.
1: Well, I think that the defense, I think, is actually... I think the defense that they have right now is leave that that could be a cup contending defense. I think where they're really missing out is how is in the third line. I think if you make their third line a fourth line Mm -hmm. and you have Max Joe, you have Max Jones, Lundestrom, Silverberg. I think that is a completely serviceable fourth line. And that that's something that's on par with. What was it? Tampa's fourth line last year was known as their like elite fourth line or whatever it was with uh, Coleman, Goodrow and Yanni Gord.
0: Ideally, you need a top nine offensively. Like yeah. right now, the Ducks have a top six. You need a third line that can score some goals, and they don't have that. I so think they're
1: missing a high end third line center and another high end third line winger. Maybe an upgrade in net. Wow. <laughs> I, I think th- I, I think that Henrique plus two more higher end players on that third line could make I mean, them into a legitimate contender.
0: I mean you could just call up Jacob Perot and see what he has. Jacob Perot,
1: Mason McTavish, Adam Henrique. I mean, honestly, not horrible.
0: <laughs> yeah. And but I mean I guess with we don't really have names off the top of our heads right now, but that would be the thing immediately that you would need to change. Jack because-
1: Eichel? <laughs> honestly, I- Jack Eichel would have made them a cup contender this year to me
0: well knowing what we know now knowing what we know now yes yeah
1: you were not you were not all right so
0: previously what do you mean you were not you were like you you oh no no yeah
1: yeah sorry i got what you're saying yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, you're right you're right okay i'm giving you the credit there um okay uh SP eighty four, our good friend friend Spencer says, Who is the best defenseman in NHL in the NHL under twenty playing in California and how old is he?
0: Uh, how old is Ryan Merkley in the Sharks system? <laughs> how, how old is he on the Barracuda? Just He might be twenty, actually. Crap. Um I, mean, <laughs> I guess it's Jamie Drysdale. Why am I in- And how old is he? I don't know. I forgot. Weird. It just <laughs> It just escaped my memory.
1: Uh, for those who don't know, there's a running joke in our Discord about uh, the fact that Jamie Drysdale's 19 and Felix uh, hates it.
0: The fact, no, it's not that I hate it; it's that I get reminded about it every time I say anything about how he's playing.
1: Uh, all right, uh, Lewis says, "Does Felix get Flight Simulator?" <laughs> we're just getting all the discord beats right now and people are going to be so confused i mean join discord and follows follow follow up from that from kempafu does felix get farming simulator and does felix
0: get goat simulator (laughs) oh god would you like to answer Uh, these important questions i really want to get flight simulator but someone needs to sell me on it that's why i keep asking every day in the same exact like wording (laughs) all right
1: all right, back back to the hockey question. Ferdinand Ducks said, the goals have been struggling this year. Does that undermine Joel Bouchard's case for replacing Dallas Aikens next year? Also, with so many NHL teams looking to replace their GMs and or head coaches this year, does that put the Ducks at a disadvantage in finding a new GM or replacing Aikens? So the first part of the question about Bouchard, do you think how bad the goals have been this year undermines his case?
0: I don't really think that matters. It's the fact that the Ducks have been this good, right? Yeah. Like, who cares, ultimately, about how the goals have been? It's the fact that the Ducks have been so improved in all these different facets. That is what hurts Bouchard's case.
1: And I think the one thing that I'll add to that on Bouchard is Bouch- the Ducks kind of communicated to us over summer that Bouchard wasn't necessarily brought in to win games in the AHL. No. He was brought in for player development.
0: Right. And that's the thing. When, when we had these conversations, like that's why he was targeted. And I think that that makes sense. Right. So he was never being graded on that scale anyway of wins and and losses. Yep. So yeah, I mean, look, let's say that Aikens isn't back next year, which I am finding more and more implausible. Do you think Joel Bouchard has a chance at the coaching job for the ducks?
1: No, I think you would bring in a guy with more experience. I think
0: at this point you need someone who's a little more proven or I don't know. I, maybe I'm being too... Maybe I'm being inconsistent here because we always talk about you don't want to retread. But the Ducks have are going to have a good roster and you don't want to mess with that. So mm-hmm. tough decisions ahead. I will still be betting on Aikens being back next yep. year, though.
1: And then the second part of the question about are the Ducks at a disadvantage at finding a new GM because there are so many teams looking for a GM?
0: Uh, Not really because they have a really, really good candidate in-house already. Yep. so they have agreed that po- and not every team can say that
1: yep agreed agreed completely I mean you and I are both on the the boat of just make Jeff Solomon the I mean the GM. I've been
0: on, we've been on that since day one and I stand yeah. by it just give that man a chance
1: <laughs> yep yep uh let's see uh Appa AG said do the ducks uh, do we let Zegris run the ducks Twitter account for a day the ducks should do it
0: yes like yes unquestionably yes
1: yep and so I think that's gonna do it for Discord. I think we got through it. So, uh, anyone on Twitch? So, well, let me start with this YouTube. Yes, YouTube. I see you. I see everyone. Oh, I should mention. Uh, I, you do the spiel. I'll find the YouTube uh, comment.
0: Which spiel? The spiel for Twitch. Okay, so like, are you are we are we talking about questions? Yeah. Okay, so if you have questions right now, please throw them in. If you're in the Twitch chat. If you want to join in on that fun, every Monday, we do a live stream of this show. So at Mondays at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, you can join us at twitch.tv slash crash the pond. Make sure to subscribe to us there. It helps out the show a ton. And if you have an Amazon Prime subscription, you get one free Twitch Prime subscription. You do have to, I think, manually renew that every month. But that goes and helps the show out quite a lot. So, right now, if you are in the Twitch chat, please throw in your questions. Make sure to put question just so that we can see them. and we already have one here, so I'm just going to get right into it. Real,
1: real quick before you do this, I want to mention this because this was something uh, we had mentioned last week with YouTube. And so, yes, youtube.com/slash crashpond. Go find us there. Subscribe to us there. We view the comments. There was that comment from RJ Mateco, and so we had read that from him about being kind of stuck over in the UK and quarantining with COVID. Uh, he had mentioned that was extremely surprising to hear from you guys. Praying I get back this Friday, and if not that day, hopefully Monday. So hopefully you're back uh, today. RJ. And thank you guys for the response. Generally made my day. As soon as I get back in the States, you can count on me being a Patreon with all my ducks, fellow ducks, friends. Thanks a guy. Thanks again, guys. We'll be waiting for the next episode to be released. So Hell hopefully yeah. we could brighten up your day a little bit there and hopefully you,
0: you made it back safe and sound. Hell yeah. We're rooting for you. Yep. Okay. We got a question from Bonnie in the Twitch chat. If Larson cannot score at AHL, I'm assuming that means in the AHL, is the experiment finally over? I mean, the experiment's been over, right? <laughs> like, like let's define experiment.
1: He he got put on waivers and no one wanted him for free.
0: Well, I mean, it's not just that, because that was the beginning of the season. Technically,
1: that also happened with Milano, so true.
0: Yeah, it, it's more so the fact that you saw what he was in the NHL, which was, like, disastrously bad. Maybe, like, okay, maybe this, this is going to come off weird, but... You've seen how some of the Ducks defensemen this season have rebounded, how well they have played. um, Are you going to do do this? In this newer system. I mean, maybe you want to see Larson in that system and see how he does. I think he was so disastrously bad, though, previously that it kind of doesn't matter, and then he would be bad regardless. But this is a new environment, so maybe you want to give him a chance. I just don't really know why you would do that, right? You have better options... Mahara has not done himself any favors so maybe there's your case see if he can outplay Mahara but I just I think the experiment has been over for for like years now like actual years he was bad a long time ago I was saying it before anyone people were telling me just wait just wait just wait and uh wait we did and worse he got so there you go yep goons never say die asks should the ducks try to trade steel at the deadline I mean this is a popular question about what to do with Sam Steele. like you, the first question you got to ask yourself there is, does anyone want Sam Steele? Yep. Like, like, what do you like, like if you're another team, what are you willing to give out for, for, for what a failed first round pick at this point? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, I think right now, if you're the ducks, it doesn't look like Sam Steele is trending to be a top six talent, let alone a top nine talent. And sure. He's had like five good games this season. Ideally you just give him enough run to where he looks decent enough to where you can get as high of a pick as you can. Um but I I don't know. It's going to be hard to get anything of value for him. Yep, exactly. Uh let's and out like the Ducks maybe
1: I mean Goons Never Say I said so give us give him a late pick sure, for Sure. I mean, steal.
0: if you can get anything for him, fine. Yeah.
1: Uh let's see. Goons Never Say die. also has another question says if the Ducks trade Hampus Manson and Raquel, do the Ducks start to lose more games and maybe miss the playoffs
0: it depends if they can get back a Jacob Chikrin and all of that then mm-hmm. maybe they can survive it but it's it's hard to see a scenario where that doesn't really hurt their chances short
1: let's just say post-deadline the Ducks end up with Chikrin Drysdale uh Chikrin Drysdale Fowler or F- let's go Fowler Drysdale Chikrin Shattenkirk Mahura and you put Benoit as offside
0: they're probably worse
1: Probably, I mean, you, Shen, you, you Shen, got you you got to you got to figure out what you're going to do on that right side. I guess that that's yeah. going to be the real question. Long term is, they're, but
0: like again, you're you're not trading those guys because you're concerned about. No, I
1: I know. I I'm just thinking it through. Maybe you try to get someone another player back for Raquel that can fill that right side.
0: I mean, it would definitely be a shame to kind of completely tank your blue line in a season where you mm-hmm. do have some promise, but like again, you're doing this because of the long term because you believe yeah. in the long term
1: yeah and I mean maybe that's an argument to keep Manson but I don't think they should no he hasn't been that great this year even though his numbers look okay at a five on five perspective his He's individual his He's individual numbers have fallen off um so so yeah so i I don't I think the ducks are in a really nice position right now though where I don't know if they really can fall out of a playoff spot at this point
0: <laughs> it's gonna be it, hard like, like
1: it's possible but I don't think it's likely.
0: It's going to be difficult.
1: I mean, where does Money Puck have them right now? I'm curious. Uh-oh. In terms of playoff odds. Uh-oh. What?
0: Nothing. 73.9% <laughs> uh, to yeah. make playoffs. So, so, like, basically three out of four times to make the playoffs. Yeah. Current simulation. Like,
1: it's going to be really hard for them to to miss at this point.
0: <laughs> yeah. Especially in this division. Uh, yeah. So, but I mean, we'll see. We don't know how the schedule is going to play out now. True. A lot of uncertainty. Yeah. But I mean, by the trade deadline, you know, it's, do you think there's any chance that they, that they change course? Like, like come trade deadline, you're still in first place. Is there any chance that they hold on everybody?
1: They won't unless they're extended.
0: Like, do you think there's any chance of that?
1: I think there's a chance of doing that with all three of them. I think there's a possibility for each of them. Like, like um, who, would,
0: who would be driving that bus from, from the Ducks organization? Like ownership? Like ownership. You, you ownership, want a good team? Ownership. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be really key if you're Jeff Solomon there just mm-hmm. to, to let them know, hey.
1: I, like, I, I think there's an argument that you can make for all of them to, to be re-signed. But I think that there are big flaws that you can – or big holes that you can poke in every one that eventually – I mean, we've done this this, this the limbo. Cons,
0: the cons outweigh the pros.
1: Yeah, and, and we've kind of talked through it with Ricard Raquel even and, and, and tried to figure it out, and it doesn't make sense. And the issue with Lindholm is – and this kind of goes to Coldfire, who has a question right now, Coldfire725. If the Ducks were to re-sign Lindholm, what number would you be comfortable with, at
0: term and AAV? Well, AAV is kind of irrelevant to me because I think he's going to get – you know close to I mean, yeah and seven, i had some people asking me
1: range asking me why why i think he's gonna get probably i think he'll get eight or eight and a half because and people were asking me because he doesn't necessarily have the production and so if you look at guys that he's more comparable to like in a, a Matthias ackholm um those types of guys um and Matthias ackholm just so i can look him up uh how much he got give me one sec here uh trying to pull him up. Matthias Eckholm got 6.25, a 6.25 mil extension. Um and so why do I think that he's gonna get eight in that range when he doesn't necessarily have the production that a uh Seth Jones has, that a Kale McCarr has, that a Darnell Nurse has. And I think the argument that can be made is first off, I do believe that they can take underlying metrics into contract negotiations now mm. because the NHL lists them as statistics on their website. They can't use expected goals, but I believe Jeff Merrick has said it, is once the NHL lists it as an official stat, they can utilize that in contract negotiations. And so who knows where he will be at. But the other thing is once you hit the open market, it becomes a bidding war. And to me, Hampus Lindholm is a minute eating defenseman that can play on a top pair and, and it, it, maybe this is too much of conjecture without actual evidence behind it to back it up. But I think that there would be a bidding war for a player like him that a lot of yes. teams would be jumping at, undoubtedly, and, and that would cause him to be hit the eight and a half mil range.
0: Well, again, so to so the question though, I think that— true. The,
1: what what would you be? Sorry, I just, that was a brief tangent based upon Twitter. No, interactions no, the, the tangent
0: today. is fine. But to the question, the Aev, I'm willing to eat the Aev. Because I think that that's what I would be pushing. Term is where I would not be very comfortable. with I mean, truly, anything beyond five years.
1: I do, I do, I do eight and a half times five.
0: Yeah, like five. I, I would do eight and a half.
1: I would do eight and a half times five more than I would do eight times six.
0: Right. Right. Exactly. Like, like that's what I'm saying. Like, I would be mm-hmm. willing to give out more money to get to be able to not have them for as long of term. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really think that for the Ducks. Longer term is going to really, I mean, you see it with, you've seen it with different players on this team, right? Like term is what really bites you and, and hurts your flexibility. Yep. But I don't think he would be willing to take that contract. I really don't like, like, what is the benefit for Hampus Lindholm? Unless he just truly wants to be in Orange County besides like over anywhere else. Yeah. Right?
1: So. Ooh, here's an interesting question. Post deadline. UFAs are out. Would you rather see Larson Gouli, Mahura on the squad in a full-time role or a scenario where one of Thrun or Lacombe sign and burn their first year in their ELC? So just so everyone knows, Lacombe and Thrun, I believe they're both over 20 years old now, right? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not going crazy yeah. there. Yeah, they're, they're both over 20. So if either of them get done in college and sign with the Ducks and play in a game for the Ducks, that burns a year right away. The, the whole nine-game thing only applies if you're 19 or younger.
0: So um, Thrun is, is 20. Um, he's going to be 21 in March.
1: And Jackson Lacombe is 20 also. Going to yeah. be 21 in January. So, yeah, it, it. I mean, here's the question, honestly, that I have with with both of them. Uh, if you want them to sign and if you like them as prospects, this is when you need to do something to entice them to get out of college because they, uh, they are coming up on four years post-draft. Four years post draft is when they become free agents.
0: I mean, here's my question:
1: Is it worth doing that for either of them?
0: Well, I think that you can ask that for both sides of this. Like Larson, Ghuli, Mahura, how mm-hmm. much runway is left there? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, how much do we? How much more data do we need on these guys to to know what you have in them? Right. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, Larson's a tire fire. Ghuli is an AHLer. Right, I mean, Mm -hmm. I like. Am I missing something there? No, Uh, Mahura, dangerously close to being a tire fire this season, Uh, and I had high hopes for him, but it's just not looking great. And what's weird with Mahura is like this is the kind of system that you would think would optimize a player like him, and it just he just hasn't succeeded. So I'm really skeptical now of where that's going to come from. So I am kind of more curious to just see something else at this point. So I think the idea of, of giving Thrun and or Thrun I think Thrun and Laholm a chance is just more intriguing than those three guys because we've kind of seen it already. And maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe I'm writing them off, but well, it and and, a lot of it. and here's my
1: thing is maybe some people would say, well, why would you burn the year, yada yada yada? And I mean, the the thing, the reason for doing it is like I was saying, either of them can go back to college next year. And they can go back to college, and then once they finish their season, they can leave and be a free agent, and the Ducks are not owning their rights anymore, Justin and they Schultz. lose him. Yep. Uh, Justin Schultz is a little bit of a different situation because it was a, a very kind of unique loophole. It's more so, I think, like what Adam Fox did. Um,
0: well, who's who's the Ducks example that I can't think of right now?
1: Justin Schultz is the example. No, there's, that...
0: there's another one, right?
1: No, Schultz was the big one.
0: The, there's a – god damn it. I'll, the guy who played for the Leafs and then the Hurricanes,
1: Jimmy Why, V, Jimmy VC
0: the defenseman. Why can't I think of his name right now?
1: Adam Fox, Jake
0: Gardner. Oh, there Jake
1: Gard. No, Jake Gardner was traded.
0: Oh, okay, okay, never mind. Jake
1: Gardner was traded for Joffrey Lupul.
0: Okay, for, forget everything I just said then.
1: Jake Gardner was on the team with Justin Schultz though. Okay. In Wisconsin, I do remember that. Um. Uh, No, Justin Schultz is a little bit of a different situation. But um, I I think we've seen it with Troy Terry, right? He signed, uh, coming out of his uh, college year, a little bit more of a high-profile guy. But, I mean, the thing with him is that it didn't necessarily impact his second deal. Or cause like, his second deal has become one of the best value deals in the NHL this year. Because of him signing that deal and not having a three-year ELC, more or less having a two-year ELC. And he wasn't even eligible for an offer sheet last summer. So from that perspective, it doesn't necessarily, it's not a bad thing to burn the year. And so I think if you like Thrun and you like Lacombe as prospects, you need to do something to entice them to leave college. Yeah, and you have you them burn the year.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like you you can't just assume that they're going to hang around forever. No. Um, and again, I, I just don't see the value in the ghoulies and, you know, no. like that ilk.
1: I, Lacombe, I'm less likely to honestly do it for because I don't necessarily think Jackson Lacombe is that great of a player. He had a good, I think, end to his year last year, but I'm just kind of looking at hockey prospecting's model, which, granted, isn't the best for defensemen as we've kind of talked about in the past. But in his D three year, which is this current year, fifty two percentile or fifty two percent NHL or six percent star. Henry Thrun, fifty nine percent percent NHL or sixteen percent star. By the way, so,
0: when does the WJC start?
1: Like the twenty sixth, I think Boxing Day.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Yeah, remember last uh, year Zegras Mania? Yeah, I now mean Zegras Mania well, in the NHL.
1: You want a sleeper pick for a Ducks prospect that's gonna impress? Jov? Ian Moore,
0: Ian Moore. Okay, fine. I think
1: he, I think Ian Moore is gonna impress. I mean, that he, is definitely a sleeper. He he's just someone that I really want to see because his his uh, profile when he was drafted by the Ducks was one that was really enticing.
0: Well there was also a case that they kind of reached to get him a little but, bit yeah but uh, i
1: mean it's going to be a fun tournament to watch from the ducks perspective anyways mctavish selweger pasajeau well, more
0: i think i think what's fun now is just that it's guys that you don't know as much about like we already knew last year zegris was amazing right it was mm-hmm. just like seeing it uh but and, yeah and i think really mason
1: McT- i think mason mctavish is going to dominate the tournament i think he's just has the size to to dominate this type of tournament And and so I think that I expect that, I guess. And and so it's more so a sleeper pick for with more of a guy that you don't necessarily inspect, uh, expect to impress. So yeah, ha ha ha. 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 So, uh, so yeah, getting back to the the question, I want to see Throne and Lacombe come into the Ducks and, and get a game or two, burn the year. It's not a big deal from the contract perspective. Okay. And I think that is it. Oh, uh by the way, uh Felix, I guess you ignore Nord Dan Elder's text when he asked you if a player's ever played in the World Juniors and the Olympics in the same year.
0: Yeah, has that ever happened?
1: Troy Terry would have been the closest. Yeah, I That was a year I, off though from each other.
0: It would have had to have happened oh man that is a tough one That is was right Troy, Troy Terry played <laughs> is, in I never replied because I just couldn't think of anything it would
1: have been the Troy Terry would have played it was the 2017 world juniors was when he went off and then the 2018 uh yeah. 2018 olympics
0: so if you make it far enough from the world juniors you spill over into the next year so I guess maybe Terry
1: no because no cause no,
0: no. No. Yeah, no 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 yeah you're right you're right uh tough one stumper
1: do you think USA win gold? Wins gold. This is from Goons Never Say Die. Sure. sure. Wow! I mean, Turning I, against your home country.
0: Well, I just I have no faith in hockey Canada when it comes to the World Juniors. Like they left Brandt Clark off the roster. Um, but Canada will likely win.
1: Zell, uh, Zellweger I'm also really excited to see.
0: I mean, you're asking me if uh, USA has a chance. It's like, of course, of course they have a chance, but Canada is the favorite. So
1: yeah. By the way, speaking of team USA and just want this is something I keep coming back to and it's kinda nuts. That world junior team and just that US national development team program. Yeah we're gonna look back on that team five, ten years down the line and it's gonna be nuts how impactful that team was yeah. on the league as a whole.
0: Yeah, Alex Turcott, you know, really lighting it up. <laughs> really, really just well I, impacting the I game. like
1: he's gonna be the forgotten player called up by the Kings today
0: was he i thought it was just byfield and uh
1: someone said him and by i think wischinski said it was him and byfield
0: oh i, I didn't see turcott um yeah i mean there's a reason for that though yeah but it's not, i'm it's not but because I'm, of their play
1: but he probably this. will be an nhl or but i mean you'll have jack hughes alex turcott uh, yeah. uh trevor zegris uh cole caulfield cam york, cam york spencer knight like yeah it, it,
0: it's nuts yeah um yeah, how bad does Turcotte going ahead of Zegers look now? How bad does
1: a lot of players going ahead of Zegers look yeah, now?
0: Yeah, th- this has been a this has been a point of debate in our in our Discord is that redrafting the the Zegers draft.
1: Zegers goes second.
0: So you're going you're going that far. You're going that bold.
1: Yeah, I think you could start making an argument that he's up there with Jack Hughes. It, it it's it's yeah. closer to a one A one B than a. Clear one and so two. So
0: you would solidly take him ahead of Bowen Byram. Like, no questions asked. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Bowen Byram's amazing. He is. N- no question. But, like, okay, I'm taking Trevor Zegers ahead of Kirby Dock, ahead of Capo Caco.
1: at Cider, I'd have a thought on with how he's profiled this year.
0: No, it's Zegers over Cider. Don't even entertain okay. that. Um, yeah, I mean, at worst, at worst, I think Zegers is going third. Like... Like, I mean, he's in the top three. Like, there, I don't know how else you... You know, the peop, people will say Byram or Cider, but no, it's... Zegers is not top three.
1: I mean, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid fully and just saying he's on par with Jack Hughes right now this season.
0: I mean, the fact that he went ninth behind Philip Broberg.
1: Oh, Broberg. Hey. Yeah, picture if Edmonton selected Zegers.
0: All due respect to Dylan Cousins and his, his size, but that also doesn't look great. Um... Yeah, like, why is it so hard for teams to just draft players who yeah, are and, good at and, hockey? Well,
1: <laughs> and I want to say this: some people, some people will say like, this is why you don't tank because you get Zgris at ninth, and it's like, no, this that that's not the argument for it. The argument for this is that teams don't uh, ha- scout players correctly and understand what they're looking at.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, you want to go, you want to go earlier so you can make that because
1: Zegers should have gone second, third.
0: I mean, it's just like, 4th don't, don't draft for size. Oh my God. How many times do I have to say it?
1: Yeah. Don't draft guys for two-way ability.
0: Yeah. Like guess, guess what, guess what is easier to fill in the NHL between two-way ability and goal scoring. I'll give you a hint. It, it's not two-way ability. Um, anyway, on that note, should we wrap up? Yeah, let's wrap it on left? up. Do we have anything left? No, I think that's going to be it for us. Darn this, this went by really fast. Yeah. i kind of bummed it's over. Um, we're just an hour and a half in no biggie. Uh, all right, folks. Well, Hey, if you enjoyed the show today and if you want to help us keep this thing going, there's a couple of ways that you can do. So the number one way, number one is to check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash crash the pond. Now for $1 a month, we've referenced it at least 75 times in the show today, but our discord chat for a dollar a month, You get access to our patrons-only Discord, which, honestly, is just my favorite hockey community online. You get to hang out with some of people who are just there to have a good time, to talk about the team, to joke around. It's all love in there. There's no negativity. And, you know, if you're a diehard Ducks fan in Southern California and maybe in your friend group you don't have a lot of other Ducks fans, well, hey, this is a good good tribe to join in on. Uh, So that's for $1 a month. Now for $5 a month, you get access to two bonus podcast episodes as well as the Discord channel. So with the Discord channel in there, you'll be able to suggest topics for these bonus episodes as well as, as we mentioned earlier, you get to ask questions and have priority for the regular show. Um, but on these bonus episodes, we get more into league-wide topics. We'll pick our awards winners league-wide. We'll do deep, more deep dives on the ducks, rank players, give letter grades, different things like that. Um, So that's two bonus episodes a month on top of the four regular ones you get already now for $15 a month You get access to everything. I just mentioned as well as 2 watch alongs a month now These are so much fun Uh, You get a private YouTube link with us where we get to just watch the game together Um, And you get our live commentary analysis. You get more stats. You also just get a lot more shooting the breeze (laughs) It's a little casual um, but it's just so much fun. And we play a, Christmas music. Yeah, you have a chat in there, so you get to interact with us. Um, and just a change of pace from your traditional hockey broadcast. So all of that is at patreon.com slash crash the pond. And if you are a hardcore Ducks fan in 2021 slash 22, I think this is a must-have in your arsenal because it will enhance your experience with this team. Okay. But if you don't want to do that, hey, totally understandable um there is another way to help us which is completely free to you we mentioned off the top of the show search crash the pond oh, on wait apple podcasts by
1: the way real quick side note for our patreon uh you need to go see spider-man no way home so that we can do a fully spoiled episode on it
0: okay thank thank you for for bringing that up right now Th- thank you um, that's what i'm here for um but yeah so so search us an apple podcast crash the pond you can leave us a rating there and a review it just takes a couple minutes but if you do leave that review uh, we will read it on the show and have a lot of fun with it. You know, the more inside jokes, the more cracks at us you can mix in, the better. Um, you can also find us on Spotify. Find us on YouTube, youtube.com slash crash the pond. You can find the video version of the show. You can see all the charts we put up as we do this thing, or as Jake puts up, I should say. You can see, you can see Jake's cat, Salem, live on the screen. I don't think we got an appearance today.
1: No, she came in and
0: then left. Ah, uh, that's disappointing. Yeah. Um, but anyway, but she usually doesn't make an appearance though. So make sure to check out the YouTube subscribe there. Turn on your notifications. Check out our website, crash I mean, heck it's, it's already very late <laughs> in, into the countdown here for Christmas. But if you do need a last minute gift, uh, consider ordering one of our lovely hoodies or t-shirts with our awesome logo. That's at crash slash shop. Jake is on Twitter at reindeer games 91 and i am on twitter at felix underscore card. i think that does it for our show today i don't yeah. think we've got anything else yeah i mean keep an eye out maybe we do a halo stream this week oh yeah we've been playing an absurd amount of halo
1: tonight I've,
0: I, I have 30 hours played so far which is a lot after yeah of course okay it was it was planned to begin with uh, <laughs> uh but hey i do want to say this though because it is our uh last show until christmas this saturday merry christmas to everybody um, and a ha- so oh wait
1: i was about to say and a happy new year but we might do a pop before nice. that.
0: never mind say it anyway and yeah happy there you new go year. um you know it's been a roller coaster of a year roller coaster of the last two years we're still here we're still kicking we're still pushing thank you to everybody who's supported us all this way through hope you have a great time with your loved ones. Hope you enjoy some great food. Hopefully, it is the kind of food that I would approve of. Can't speak for Jake though. Um, you know, you know his takes and how awful they are. Um, I do want to point out, by the way, that your your good buddy Daniel today had a very interesting comment <laughs> that I that I just I want to air out on this show before we get out of here. This is what he said: I'm There's, letting
1: him know you're calling out, calling him out completely
0: out of the blue today. He said, "So I just decided you both have bad food takes, and somehow." you both have opposite opinions on things that are both wrong. So I can't even really parse out the logic in that. Cause it's just so confusing, but I'll just say that he's wrong in that I have bad opinions. I agree with him in that you are wrong, but I am correct. That's all. That, that's all I wanted to say on that. Do you have any rebuttal, anything you want to say to that? I got nothing. Okay. Well, that's cause that's cause I'm right. Uh, all right. Well, hey folks, thanks for listening. Have a great Christmas. And, uh, Hope Santa doesn't leave you any coal in your stockings. We'll talk to you soon.
1: (laughs) Bye, everyone.